0: It's Thursday, the 14th of September, and this is The Splash. Yeah, we're gearing up for the weekend. A lot going on uh, in the build-up. Obviously, uh, the footy finals are almost upon us, week two, that is, in the rugby league and the AFL world. Uh, Darius Boyd has been ruled out for the Broncos. That's the big... Story coming out of the NRL. We will probably address some of that tomorrow on the splash. Uh, we've got Davis Cup tennis uh, semi finals bid. Uh, Liam Fitzgibbon is joining us for that. We've also got some news on the Olympics. Uh, there has been a, an announcement of where the 2024 and 28 Olympics will be held, uh, and European Champions League results from overnight. Uh, English teams did taste success uh, in that uh, in in those group of games overnight plus we now know where the Socceroos will be taking on Syria uh, in that clash outside of Australia for World Cup qualification but first things first Liam Fitzgibbon welcome to the splash thank you Phil how are you I'm very well thank you it's good uh, and we here it, we're going to start off uh, the splash talking a bit of tennis. Um, there's a Davis Cup uh, meet happening this weekend, starting tomorrow in fact, starting Friday. Uh, and for the average punter like myself, the Davis Cup can be hard to follow. It, you know, there's a little bit here and then, you know, a couple of months off, then a bit here. What's going on? Uh uh, t- talk us through this uh meeting with Belgium this weekend
1: yeah it 's actually a really big one, so we 're up to the semi final stage um and australia's looking to end a fourteen year drought I think it 's been since mm. we 're last in the final, so
0: I forgot we were even still alive
1: that 's right uh it's yeah, as you said, it sort of sort of comes and goes a bit throughout the year davis cup and and obviously gets lost a bit in the excitement of the majors. We just have the u s open of course so there 's mm. a lot of excitement about that. But, um, no, in the last few years, we've really started to reemerge as a Davis Cup force. We had a pretty barren spell there for, I think, four, four or five years. We were, weren't were even in the world group, which is your top 16 yep. nations. Yeah. So, we dropped out of that. We've won our way back in there, um, and we're looking pretty good these days. We're in the semifinals uh, this stage two years ago. Yeah. Unfortunately, then ran into Andy Murray's uh, Great Britain team and right. had to play them in Glasgow. Yeah. So, that they were a bit too strong for us, but, yeah, we're back. Here we are two years later, um, and heading into a pretty winnable tie. So we're taking on Belgium. Of course, it's not going to be easy in Belgium. Um, but we've got a good young squad that Leighton's put together um, that's hungry f- to win it. Uh, we're obviously a very proud Davis Cup nation. 28 titles, with second yeah. only, only behind the USA. I mean,
0: it's weird that we're doing uh, well
1: now, though, when you consider who's representing us. <laughs> in mean, what do way do Do they even want to be there? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the thing, I think, that Leighton's worked really hard at building that culture and getting the best out of these young guys. I think... Mm. The big key has been getting them to understand the history of Davis Cup and how much success we've had as a nation and, and what it means uh, to represent Australia. And guys like Kyrgios, which I think you're alluding to, I mean, this is, his, this is what he's been hanging out for all summer. We know he's a big Hoops fan and he really likes that team sport environment, so this is yeah. his chance to, yeah. to do that. Loves, loves hanging out with the boys, loves being part of the team, having them cheer each other on. And, uh, no
0: no, Tomek though I'm assuming he just plays tennis for the cash pretty much yeah. So yeah. this this is not
1: yeah. his guy. no Tomek actually was one of our better Davis Cup players in recent years but mm. I think it's, with the issues he's had with his attitude um, he's pretty much fallen out of favour and it's hard to see him getting back anytime soon you've got young guys Jordan Thompson and Tanasi Kokonakis who are exactly the sort of sort of young kids that Leighton's after and they're all right into it buying into the culture that he's creating so um, we're looking pretty good
0: who's on the other side of the semi-finals yes yeah,
1: so oh, on the other side of the semifinals draw, we've got France uh, taking on Serbia. Okay. Um, and it's a bit of a strange situation there. The Serbian team, of course, we all know they've got the great Novak Djokovic, but he's not playing. I guess this has been a criticism of Davis Cup in recent years that some of the big stars are mm-hmm. uh, opting not to play. So they've got a really weakened team. Even their second highest ranked player, Victor Trojki, is not playing. So yep. France yep. will be heavily favoured in that one, led by Joe Wilfrid-Songer. And they've also got home ground advantage, I believe. So it's looking like they will be heavily favoured to go into the finals, and that would be a pretty tough matchup for Australia. But the good news is if we can get through, no matter who we face, we'll have home ground advantage. So Davis Cup final wow. on home soil would be pretty exciting. That would be pretty nice. What will our doubles team look like, do we know? Yeah, so this is, there's a bit of a mystery around the selections. Um, you, A given is that Kyrgios will be our spearhead in singles, and then it's between Jordan Thompson and Kokanakis for the other singles berth. Uh, but the good news is we've got one of the world's best double players in John Pears, who is part of the the mm-hmm. top-ranked doubles team with uh, Finland's Henry Continent. Uh, so it's just a matter of who he'll play alongside, and that will come down to whoever doesn't play singles on the first day. You would think Jordan Thompson, given his recent singles results, had a great win over Jack Sock at the US Open. Would probably get the nod, yeah. especially considering Kokonakis is coming back from uh, from injury, so there's still a few question marks there. Um, but yeah, at this stage you would think Piers and Kokonakis will team up in the doubles, and and um, yeah, but I guess as all Depends on how that first day plays out as well, so we'll have to wait and see. But um, either way, I think we're looking pretty good. Uh, Belgium, led by David Goffin, who's world number twelve, highest ranked player in the tie. Yeah. But beyond that, probably not a lot of depth, um, especially in the doubles. Their one of their uh, usual doubles players is out injured, so they've got a few issues there as well. And Steve Darcis is looking as their, their second uh, singles player, who's by no means a mug. I think world seventy seven, but um. Probably best years are behind him and uh, hasn't been playing a lot on the main tour recently, playing in the second tier challenger tour. So you're probably back either of the Aussie young guys against him. So. Now, of course, at
0: foxsports.com.au, uh, you will be able to keep up to date uh, with blogging and all the rest of it as that tie unfolds. So when will the, uh, the action actually be getting underway?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, not uh, exactly a viewer friendly time. So we're looking yep. at kicking off tomorrow night from 10pm. So kind of that Wimbledon, obviously, you know, Europe.
0: So same scenario, really.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's going to take a bit of a hard work if you want to if you want to cheer the boys home this weekend. and will be <laughs> a few sleepless nights, but do it for Rusty the, and the boys, the diehard like. tennis fans. Yeah. So no, yeah, I think we'll probably run from about 10pm of a night till. Three, four, or five in the morning. So cool yeah. and and quickly, Liam. Staying
0: with uh, world sport, um, we have just it, we 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 now you know it's it's confirmed uh, the 2024 Olympics will be in Paris and the 2028 Olympics in LA. Uh, how did that announcement happen? Um, and uh, and and why the 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 two uh, announcing two at once?
1: Yeah, so it's a, actually the first time they've. Uh, made it a double announcement, a double awarding. Um, It was officially confirmed in Lima overnight. Uh, It's kind of been known for quite a while that Paris and LA were going to uh, host these two Olympics after the race had dwindled down a bit. Um, Mm. They're seen as a bit of a poison chalice these days among many countries hosting the Olympics. It's not
0: hotly competed as it once was, is it? That's right. So I think
1: they uh, saw this as a win-win in that there are going to be less uh, cities competing for now two awardings, so everyone comes off a bit happier than, say, the old days when you used to have up to sort of eight cities, and it all boiled down to one. You had a lot of disappointed cities that had poured a lot of money and and this sort of thing. So
0: I assume maybe they they needed they just wanted to give
1: uh, a city more notice because no one's ever ready. <laughs> when, yeah, that's when right. Actually or, hosting. No excuses now, surely. Especially for LA, you're looking <laughs> yeah. at 2028. 20, but no, I think it all came down to a deal recently that had been struck between the cities as to who was going to host which one first. Uh, so okay. it's been settled that Paris will take 24, uh, LA. 28 and both cities with uh, Olympic hosting pedigree I think third time for both of them so there should be no excuses when it comes to being ready and obviously you're talking cities with a lot of infrastructure there so should be good for the IOC in the wake of uh, some talk of you know, corruption allegations and these things around Rio oh, so it's always probably is. yeah so they're, they're pretty keen to talk pretty positive around this one and and certainly they're they're pretty happy with the way it all went down this morning.
0: You were over at, uh, at Rio re- reporting for foxsports.com.au. It was, it was a big couple of weeks. It was a big couple Loose of weeks. Loose couple of weeks. <laughs> Loose couple of weeks,
1: yeah. No, no, it worked out well. I think it got a lot of bad press around the time uh, and afterwards, obviously. But I've got to say, I thought they did a pretty good job under the circumstances, but uh, I'd be pretty keen to get to uh, Paris or LA. I'll come, to La-, La- yeah, I'll come to LA come to Yeah, let's see if we can yeah. start drumming it up, drumming up the support now and see if we can get you across the line. Done. Thanks, Liam. Thanks very much, Phil.
0: That was Liam Fitzgibbon joining the Splash. Uh, Dave, what an asset he is to the uh, to the Fox Sports team. <laughs>
2: <laughs> an, an, an upgrade on uh, me and Werther from yesterday. So you've done more. You're pulling in the big hitters. Well,
0: I don't know. Yeah, back day two in a row, we've got Dave Wiener here to talk Fox football and, and European Champions League action that happened overnight. Um, we've got uh, an update um, as far as the Socceroos World Cup qualification yeah. draw is concerned as well. But let's start uh, with the action overnight Uh Perhaps more of a mixed bag um, from the English perspective uh, because there was one result that that didn't go uh, the way that probably a lot predicted. Mm.
2: Well, not necessarily because with Liverpool and Sevilla, a team that come from the Liga with a a huge amount of pedigree, uh, Europa League success in recent years as well, and it was a massive uh, examination for Liverpool back Mm. in the Champions League A two-all draw for the Reds. They did, and uh, they showed... It was the best and the worst of the Reds, the rocks and diamonds of the Reds, and a lot for their fans to be optimistic about and a lot for them to be frustrated about. The frustration, comical defending to bookend the game, early goal, and to let a lead slip. Mm. The positives, coming back from a goal down, harnessing that straight away and playing some brilliant football. High-tempo, uh, high, high tempo energetic football with the attack running ramp at Mo Salah. Roberto Firmino uh, Sadio Mane all influential um, and uh, they went 2-1 up could have gone 3-1 up Firmino hit the post off a penalty that was won by Mane Emre Khan Emre Chana I should say had a close shot that came close too so Liverpool could have been 3-4 or 1-up put the game mm. to bed but Such is the way with Liverpool, you know what you're going to get, you're going to be on a wild ride, and that's what happened in the second half, where they got pegged back, back, couldn't take ascendancy or a stranglehold of the game, uh, overrun in midfield at times, and that's posed a lot of questions since then, and in the end, the goal was coming, and they could have lost, there was a a late shot that flashed across the face of goal that would uh, would have seen them go down, so a point to start their return against a team of high pedigree was really good, but you got a bit of mixed bags and both sides of Liverpool there on show. Unlike the other two sides from Mm. the Premier League who are on show, Manchester City were Brilliant. They got out of the blocks very quickly against Feyenoord where Brad Jones, an Australian, was in goal. Uh, He was in the Mm. firing line. Jesus and Aguero both getting on the board. But so did John Stones, the centre-back for Manchester City. He got a brace and uh, that would do his confidence the world of good. Um, But they were magnificent and they had um, their embarrassment of Richards running rampant in the middle of the field. And uh, When they click and when they come good... Uh, if they come good, and that's the big challenge for Guardiola this year, then they're going to be a formidable force both in England and in Europe. Um, the game that took my attention actually yeah, away from um, Anfield, and I had Anfield on the main screen, but found myself watching mostly Tottenham vs. Borussia Dortmund at Wembley. That was a, it was just a brilliant football game um, where Dortmund. Uh, This was Marisha Pochettino. They co-said, please stop talking about the Wembley Hoodoo because that's been one of Spurs' difficulties since they've been temporarily (laughs) staying away from White Hart Lane. Sorry, while that gets renovated. Um, They went here, and and this can be almost a turning point for them, both for their confidence at home, but also for their confidence in big games, their fair income on the big stage because they were absolutely brilliant, led by Harry Kane, high tempo, high energy, uh, but also showing another side of them that we haven't necessarily seen. They let uh, Dortmund have a lot of the ball, and we normally know that Tottenham like to you know, set the agenda themselves, and uh, it worked wonders. They, they, um, th- to be honest with you, were absolutely brilliant in an end-to-end game. Dortmund were unlucky. Uh, they could have had an equaliser at Two one down, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. I could have got it to two all. Yeah, uh, and then they were. They Spurs got their stroke of fortune, went down the other end, and uh, Kane put them up three one. So, brilliant signs for for Spurs. Brilliant performance um, in a really exciting game. Probably one of the best games we've seen anywhere this year. Um, nice. And uh, well worth watching the highlights. Yeah, uh, I was going to uh, say foxsports. dot com. dot If all, you haven't yet,
0: all twenty six goals uh, are on the website. Um, Search every goal from the overnight UCL yeah. action. And,
2: uh, I, and I should just shout out, the three goals in the first 15 minutes of this game were brilliant. Uh, Yamalenko for Dortmund was arguably the goal of the entire match day. Uh, well worth looking at that. And while you're there, making sure you look at Sergio Ramos's goal for Real Madrid. Uh, started deep and uh, started action himself, sorry, deep in, in the half. Finished with a bicycle kick. It takes something quite special to outshine Cristiano Ronaldo. And he did just that with that goal.
0: Perfect, and uh, and the other football um, story uh, worth mentioning is the World Cup qualifier against Syria. The away leg, uh, a location has been confirmed, and it was a bit of a, uh, yeah. <laughs> a bit of a rat race to find out where it was going to actually it's, happen. It's very
2: very interesting because so last Tuesday was the Thailand game. That's when we realised we had to go to a playoff. By Thursday, Australia had announced ANZ Stadium would be hosting. Our leg, yeah, and yet we waited till Thursday. That's when we're going to air now to find out that the uh Syria leg obviously, obviously, they can't play it at home, yeah, they haven't played at home in this qualifying campaign. It's going to be in Malaysia, but I it is absolutely no uh um sort of newspaper headlines or, or, or made up that the FFA were not 100% confirmed until today or late last night that it was going to be there. It was yeah. genuinely a possibility that it could have been in Doha or Abu Dhabi or even probably a lesser chance you know, somewhere in Jordan. Um, and that's fascinating. We don't know, or I don't know whether it was gamesmanship from the Syrian mm. FA because obviously the later you make a decision, the more difficult it is for your opponent and we're less than three weeks until the camp yeah, yeah. Uh, arrives to prepare for those games. Um, but it's... <laughs> it just shows you the challenge that you're up against yeah, um, yeah. to prepare for these types of games with these contexts. The FFA, as of last night, had plans for flights, accommodation, training venues. They had to prepare for four different potential cities. Yeah, It's extraordinary. Yeah, it's crazy. So it just shows you, well, it shows you the professionalism of what has to happen behind the scenes yeah. to get yeah. ready for these games. Um, it also makes, uh, you know, it, it's fascinating stuff a venue has been decided
0: is it a win for the Aussies Look, I th- Malaysia
2: to be honest with you uh, people say the Middle East uh, it's closer to the home for Syria more of a challenge for the Socceroos we've been going there since for, for two or three World Cup yeah. campaigns yes it is difficult but you think about it with the commuting from uh, all the European legs that our players exactly. play and I don't yeah. think it's as big a or as daunting a task um, as that was made out to be. I think just the fact we needed to lock in a venue... It's only five
0: hours to the Middle East Exactly. From I think you <laughs> yeah. just need
2: to be able to lock in a venue so the logistics can be organised and yeah. so that every stone can be uh, kept un- um, uh, covered um, for the logistics on the ground. The later you leave it, obviously the harder it gets to get everything you want. Um, it's going to be hot and humid in Malaysia. That's no walk in the park either. Um, and, uh, you know, we have players from all over the world flying in, so it's not like it's that much more convenient than anywhere else but i think finality it's good to have an answer um it's kind of good in a way that i guess the syrians if they were looking for some sort of advantage in the middle east they didn't get that um and now we can just focus on the game and less on the politics and uh, less on the uh, the mind games that go on behind the scenes
0: great uh dave has a story uh, up on site foxsports.com.au about that uh, about the confirmation of where the, the away leg will be played in that World Cup qualifier. Uh, of course, as we mentioned before, every uh, European Champions League goal from the last two days is also on site. Uh, and tomorrow on The Splash, I think we will uh, probably be talking AFL and NRL. It's finals time.
2: Fair enough. Yeah. After, after, you, after you've enjoyed your dose of Europa League in the morning. oh, well, Of course, <laughs> it doesn't stop. And as I said yesterday, Matilda's on Saturday. Yeah. And while you're watching your goals, don't forget to check out all the FFA Cup highlights from last night too. If you did miss it, what were you doing? Um, Because there's some brilliant stuff, particularly from Sydney FC, who showed that it's a bit of a worry for the others because they already look very, very, very good.
0: Done. Thanks, Dave. See you next time. And uh, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) on The Splash, uh, that is a wrap.